0: Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for EveryMind. This podcast was recorded a little while back, so you may hear some references to things like pre-lockdown, things we used to do like going out, meeting people, things like that. But don't let that put you off. There is some great insight in this podcast. There's a scatter of tips and tricks, along with some of the best books you can read in order to improve your mental health. Especially with this lockdown, everyone's got loads of more time on their hands. The Best way you can use that time is to read some books such as these. If you think Every Mind at Work can help your business then head over to everymindatwork.com If you found this episode valuable don't forget to share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes it really does help and as ever enjoy the show. So hey everyone welcome to another webinar another session what we're actually going to be doing in today's session is I've got a, a preparation again of of some more books and again we did this before and I got a couple of emails to say that you know, it'd be good to do it again. So I want to share a couple of other books that have been beneficial for me and I've been reading recently, but equally hear anything from you. So what we're going to do is I'm going to share a couple of books that I've been reading recently. And and if you're not a reader, you know, I'm also going to be sharing a couple of podcasts and also audiobooks. You know, let me know, guys, do any of you listen to audiobooks or do any of you listen to podcasts? Just say um, yes or no. You know, for me, podcasts audiobooks are amazing on my runs it gives me my 45 minutes my hour to listen so caroline does a couple of other people potentially do some people like them some people don't i used to hate audiobooks. but let's start with audiobooks first so i use audible so i use audible i think i pay maybe 7.99 i believe it is a month and you get one credit a month little trick on audible guys that i'll share with you but don't share this with anyone else on audible what you can do is you can buy a book for a credit or you can obviously purchase the book and amazon slash audible make it really really easy for you to refund that book right so i just go in and i say hey um this book wasn't didn't meet my expectations or i bought this book as an error or didn't really like the narrator there's loads of um answers that you can give and within sort of seconds you know, you've now got a credit back in your account. So you can go and spend that on another book, right? And, and I'm not saying do this for every book, but sometimes, you know, if there's a book that you haven't really got on well with, what you can do is you can, um, as I say, kind of re, refund that book and you're going to be able to get a credit back for it. But what I really like about, so here yeah, you can kind of see in my, in my account, I can come into purchase history and then I can basically choose the book. And when I'm in the book, I can then go return title. And then it's going to refund the credit straight into my account so I can go and buy another book. But in terms of my library, guys, I've been re- I've been listening to quite a few audiobooks recently. I don't know whether you can see this properly. This one is really good, Empath. What I like about Audible in particular is there's a lot of books from authors or experts that have maybe they've just created the audiobooks themselves, right? So it's not a published book. It's not something you're going to walk into WH Smith and be able to buy or, you know, Waterstones be able to buy. But on Audible, you can typically find maybe experts or or people that have shared, um, you know, some of their own experience or something on there. And this one, I believe, is an example of that, this empath book by a lady called or a person called Victor Murphy. And this is really good for me because I'm an empath. You know, I've spoken about this quite a lot as well. And it talks about the advantages of an empath, but also the disadvantages and understanding it a little bit more. And again, you know, I think with mental health, when we understand it, when we have education around it, it helps us sort of utilize it a little bit more too. Wayne Dyer, I speak a lot about Wayne Dyer. He's got an ultimate library, which is all of his sort of best books. Unevered Soul is one of my favorite books that I've read. This is actually a lecture series, so you can get more stuff with it um, as well. And then there's a lot of sort of different business books. This is a good one, The Monk Who Who Sold His Ferrari, which is almost about like minimalism and, and almost spirituality and understanding that we don't need a lot of materialism to make us happy. Um, and it talks about someone who was extremely stressed, overweight, unhealthy, had a heart attack because of a high pressure job. And then they actually become a monk, sold everything. And, and then sort of, you know, they met up with them again and they were a completely different person because they'd released all of that ego and released all of those material items that, that we all kind of strive towards. But you can already see like my library is pretty extensive, like from business books to kind of, you know, self-improvement books. New Earth is a really good book. The Courage to be Disliked was a really good book as well. You know, it teaches me to stop people pleasing all the time. You know, there's loads and loads in there. But what I like, again, about, as I say, um, Audible is is you can kind of listen to them on the go. This is entirely up to you guys. But what you can also do is you can put it on speed. So I put it on 1.5 speed, which speeds it up. But equally, I can still listen and I can still understand as well. So audiobooks in terms of podcasts as well, guys, how many of you listen to podcasts and what podcasts would you recommend? We find a couple of podcasts I've been listening to recently. Happy place. Nancy, is that, is that, I might have been completely wrong. here. Is that fan? Is that fan cotton? Perfect. I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't listened to that one. I'll have to check it out. And I know she does a lot of interviews with other people as well. And there's a, a bit of a focus on mental health there as well, as far as I'm aware. Um, but that's a really, it's a really good podcast. This is unlocking us with Bre- Brene Brown, how to Foul with Elizabeth Day. The Elizabeth Day one sounds like the job interview, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm sure. I don't know, actually. It was, you know, you have to maybe let me know what it's about, but. Jason Fox yeah he's he's doing some really really good work as well sort of in this space um a couple that I've been listening to recently I'm just looking now I use an app called Overcast so on Overcast again you can kind of have all your podcasts in there you can do this with Apple Podcasts or whatever and again I can listen to it on one time speed you know 1.5 2 times speed uh yeah it's all about it's about how to learn and grow from failure right? Meditation minutes. That sounds interesting. Is that is that a podcast, George? A couple of ones that I've always gotten well with is um, The School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. So this guy here, School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. He does some really, really good interviews that kind of touches on self-improvement, self-help. Maybe there's a little bit of business front in there, but not all the time. It's about you know, what does greatness mean and, and how can we kind of achieve that? And everyone kind of shares their own personal experiences. That's helped me quite a lot recently and I've listened to that. I've been listening to a lot of business, business um, podcasts, if I'm honest, that might not be relevant to you. The other one that I like in terms of self-improvement is, again, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer has, has a podcast, which is a lot of his audios that, you know, might have been 10 years, 15 years ago and they've made it into a podcast um there's so many there as well At middleton fear bubble the book is really good despite you said a few questionable things recently yeah i think he's made up for that as well caroline right um george says it helps with stress relief through breathing etc nice so even in the app as well guys again you know we're at we'll be working on a couple of short breathing exercises sort of meditation shorter meditations as well so it's not about kind of sitting down for 20 minutes um and you know and then being able to meditate it's about these short little sessions as well comes out and apologizes i'll let him off yeah exactly um i want to share a couple of books that i've, I've you know read over the last six months maybe a year maybe a little bit longer and uh, i'll talk about you know how they've kind of helped me too i'll start with this one because i actually haven't you know properly read this but i had this recommended to me it's called the choice and it's by edith eager or edith Egger. i don't know how you pronounce it and I don't normally read books like this. Um, I did read a book called The Way of The Way of Men, I think it was. The Way, yeah, The Way of Men. And there's another book as well. And, and this is more of a storybook. It's more of a kind of her sharing her own personal experience. But what a lot of people have said about this book, and this is why I bought it, is I even like this. Even in hell, hope can flower. And, and what this is is a personal story about her own personal experience of, you know the holocaust and and how she dealt with that and and you know finding that strength the resilience to kind of get through and a lot of it comes from this last line you know it shows that hope can flower in the most unlikely places so i talk a lot about mental health and the importance of hope you know if someone's in crisis if someone's potentially suicidal if someone is really really struggling and how we communicate with that person, a lot of it comes down to hope, right? You know, it's about having that conversation with them, making them feel safe, making them feel comfortable to be able to talk to you. But we equally need to try and find that glimmer of hope. Have they said something? Have they spoken about a person? Have they spoken about something that they're looking forward to in the future during this conversation? And you're listening, you're listening, you're listening. Now, as soon as you get that, that 1% of hope, whether it's, you know, um, a family member, someone they love. Maybe it's a future prospect or whatever. We need to hold on to that hope because then we need to remind that person of this hope. Because I always say, you know, when, when someone is really struggling, it's hope that gets them through. And I think it was the book. Um, oh, I, forgot. I think it was the way of man, the way the way of men. I think it was where it says, when you have no meaning, you have no meaning to live. And I'm really, you know, I always, always talk about hope. The reason why I got through, you know, my darkest times, the reason why I get up and I want to sort of crack on with work and, and, you know, the mission that we're on and I'm on and and all of this is, is, is hope that it can get better. And, and when you hold on to that hope, it can get you through some really, really dark places. And, and equally, when I put that into perspective to what this lady's been through, you know, she got through it through hope as well. And we often neglect the power of hope. So I'm really looking forward to, to diving into that. As I said, it was recommended a couple of times um this one the richest man in babylon have any of you guys read this to say yes or no have any of you guys read this the richest man in babylon um there's there's other books there's other like different sort of you know books around this because this is a really 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 old book but this for me in terms of of money and the kind of financial mindset has been the best book that I've ever read. And I've read quite a lot on them. See, there's another one that I was going to share. I've read quite a lot on them. But The Richest Man in Babylon, has, as I said, it was, it was written, oh, I don't know, ages ago. I don't know when. But when I first read it, I was like, this is strange because the word in the language that it uses, because obviously it was, it was, you know, written such a long, long time ago. But really what I learned from this is it talks about how when it comes to abundance, when it comes to money, we are always living above our means, right? So, you know, personally, I always talk about how when I was running my business, and I was making, you know, money, and I was still feeling quite insecure, and still feeling quite, you know, I was still struggling with the grief, I was making more money, but equally, I was spending more money, right? So I would go from, say, a £1,000 a month, and I was living off a thousand pound a month at my mom's house, right? You know, just say something like that. And then it goes to 2,000 pound a month, 3,000 pound a month, 5,000 pound a month, whatever it is, right? Whatever you can get up to. You know, for some people, 10,000, 100,000 pound a month. But whenever we hit these new targets, our lifestyle then always exceeds that, right? So we always do it and we always do it. And what is the reason why we do it? Like we could be living quite comfortably off 2,000 pound a month right now. But as soon as we then go and attain 5,000 pound a month, we almost say now i can move my lifestyle to here and then we're still in the same situation as we were before right we just got more bedrooms that we don't really use we've got maybe a car that's sitting on the drive that's a little bit fancier so now we're still striving for more and we go and make eight thousand pound a month equally we then find a way to make sure our lifestyle is an eight thousand pound a month lifestyle right and i I was doing this and i was doing this i didn't know why why i was doing this and this talks a lot about it it talks about a lean purse it talks about just money in general and, and abundance and, and that mindset of, of abundance and even though like i said it's quite a difficult book to read in terms of looking at financial sort of you know a financial mindset this has been one of the best books that i've ever read because as i say it kind of looks at the basics behind finances in terms of obviously you know step-by-step guides that a lot of us read and, and answering that question guys because a lot of people refrain from talking about money right and there's a, such a stigma and a silence around money. But how many of you would agree that finances and financial pressure has a massive impact on your mental health? Would you agree with that statement? That financial pressure, financial stress has an impact on how you feel, has an impact on, on your mental health as a whole. Would, would you guys agree with that? Because I know, you know, personally for me, it's, it's a massive, massive stressor. And even within the app, you know, we're seeing a huge amount of people talk more about it and want more support on it and i talk so much about mental health being sort of taught in schools and mental health having to become compulsory and mental health having to become a part of the education the curriculum but equally i believe financial sort of education and and money and and all of that needs to become a huge part of the education system as well yeah so everyone kind of agrees because they 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 equally sort of you know full hand in hand Richard says, totally, I'm the only income in the house, a wife and three kids all dependent on me. And then, yeah, like that just adds a huge weight to your shoulders. It adds a huge pressure to your shoulders. And, and Richard, so many times in my case, right, where I'm the same, I've am I'm the, I'm the, i I've got two kids, I've got a wife now who doesn't work because I've said to her, look, I can take this on full time and, and I have that responsibility but, but, and, and, and that, that pressure is on my shoulders. But equally what I've learned, and this is why I'm managing it a little bit more now, is I had such anxiety. And I really struggled to be honest with my wife when I was struggling. The reason why I was feeling it hard to be honest about to my wife when I was struggling and I kind of buried it. I ignored it. I didn't want to tell her I was getting in debt. I didn't want to tell her that I wasn't making enough money for us to, you know, go and get married in Italy. I had to kind of borrow it on credit cards and all of that. The reason why I wasn't honest with her was because as a man, I felt like I was letting my whole family down. I felt that, you know, I was letting her down. So I didn't want to tell her. I wanted to just bury it. Make it go away. Be equally know that I can. I, I'm going to have to deal with this on my own, right? I can't talk to anyone about it, but I'm going to deal with it on my own. And the best thing that I ever did with that is, is be honest with her. And, and now she kind of checks in. She's like, "Are we? Are we good? Are we okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're good. We're fine." And then, if we are struggling, I can I can now sit her down and say, without the ego kicking in and without me feeling like a failure, and say, "Look, Amy, you know, we, we're struggling right now. Um, you know, maybe you know we need to we need to refigure it." Ignoring these problems don't go away, and sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves as well. George says financial stress can make you emotionally and physically ill. Hundred percent agree. So, so maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a session on that, guys. You know, maybe we'll do a session on financial pressure and financial expectations. But like I said, um, kind of for now, richest man in Babylon is a great book. Um, what's next? Ego. Dissolving the ego, realizing the self. This is a, a short little book that, you know, again, I bought recently, but it's really good. Lots of what I've done is all about this, <laughs> all about ego, right? You know, how do we dissolve the ego? How do we not live our lives, you know, driven by our own egos? Um, and this is a good book. You know, it, it talks, again, about releasing that ego, which which I think is dramatically important. If you worry what people think of you, if you're almost having so much high expectations of yourself, if you are constantly sort of, you know, exhausting yourself with feeling like you could do better, feeling like you're comparing yourself to others. You know, I think anything about dissolving the ego, removing the ego is, is important. The other book, I'll just put it in here, guys, on the ego that helped me was A New Earth by, I probably spelled his name wrong, Eckhart Tolle. That's been good. Um, I'm going to go through these a little bit quicker and then I want to hear any that you've, you've sort of read. So so think think now, guys, think what have you read and then be ready to share it anything by this guy Dr. Wayne Dyer really helps me this is an old book change your thoughts change your life but again you know these books might not be good for you but what they're good for me as is the process the the principles in them are so simplistic and sometimes it gives us like a new way of of looking at how how we what we believe and what we've been conditioned to believe and you know Wayne Dyer really really sort of shares from personal experience you know he's had his own problems in life, his own adversity, his own mental health challenges, but equally he's found a way during his, his life to to simplify the process, to be able to live more peacefully. And he talks a lot about freedom and how we're all striving towards freedom. But, but you know, that, that freedom really is kind of allowing ourselves not to be in control by our minds, but, but, you know, us controlling them in a way. And, you know, sadly, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer died say about two years ago now maybe a little bit bit longer but you know someone so many of these lessons are still out there and you know I, I definitely recommend this one but any other books with wayne dyer in them this is a little bit different i bought this book i don't know seven eight years ago maybe and maybe it was a little bit you know less but bounce by matthew Syed or matthew Slade um really good book this talks about the mentality that athletes get into, you know, the mentality of Mozart, the mentality of Picasso, David Beckham, you know, Roger Federer, the science of success. And it talks about, you know, miraculous children. Do they exist? The placebo effect. It talks about kind of, you know, visualization and the rituals that these people go through. And I think it's a really good book to kind of, you know, just reference because these people have a certain level of success, you know, what have they done and what have they, Managed to do in terms of their mindset, their mental health, to be able to perform at that level consistently, and really a bigger takeaway that I turn from this is is the visualization element of it. You know, so many athletes, so many successful sports, you know, people have visualization, you know, techniques that they utilize, and they have rituals. You know, Usain Bolt, for example, you know, the way he enters a race is is very ritualistic. It's very kind of structured. You know, he has a ritual in his mind where he'll go and he'll sort of you know approach the change rooms in a certain way when he's in the change rooms or do some visualization techniques and there's been lots of science studies that are shown with visualization that they they did this this study where they you hooked up i'm terrible at science but they hooked up um machines to to athletes and they would run they would sprint and they would trigger the muscles contracting so this machine would show that the muscles were contracting and how hard they were contracting then what they did is they did the same thing. They hooked up the muscles. They got the um, athletes to sit down. And then what they did is they told them to visualize themselves sprinting, visualize themselves running this race as fast as they possibly can, with people around them, and then winning the race. And, and they sat there, they visualized it. And then equally, the machine started to trigger the muscles moving again and the muscles feeling it and the muscles almost playing it out. And, and with visualization, often people think it's a bit hoo-ha and it's a little bit up there. But, you know, sports stars use it, you know, professional athletes use it. They, they visualize themselves achieving because then it almost becomes, in a way, whatever you want to believe, whether it's the universe or whether it just gives them that self-belief that they can obviously go ahead and win that race. It's, it's an amazing sort of you know, strategy to use. And, and a personal example, you know, my brother, my brother is, um, you know, he's disabled, he's brain damaged from an accident he had a couple of years ago. And so he's slowly recovering when it comes to his physical ability to be able to you know walk move etc and he uses visualization so much and even his phys- physios are like you need to visualize the, the muscles moving the muscles contracting you opening up your fingers you kind of you know lifting your your leg and and all of that and he uses that visualization and, and what we're finding as soon as my brother could do it and he can he, he visualizes it and then as soon as he can physically do it he never loses that it's always there and, and then he can get better and get better and get better so some people think it's hoo-ha, but I think visualization is an amazing, amazing technique. Um, and then the final one is this one, guys, which is a little bit different. The Tools of Titans, a guy called Tim Ferriss. He wrote one of my best business books called The 4-Hour Work Week. But this, again, is, you know, Tim Ferriss has got an amazing, amazing podcast. And he basically has interviewed a lot of people. And he takes a lot of those tactics, routines, habits of of, you know, world-class performers. And he puts them all within this huge, huge book here. So this isn't a kind of like one night read, but really, you know, it's good to kind of look at all of these people that he's interviewed, you know, Kevin Rose is here. And basically he talks about, you know, investing or whatever. And it's kind of looking at everyone who is interviewed, the key points that they've all said, and you can kind of go through and have a little look at that too. So guys, um, what books have you read recently that I can spend money on or um, I can share? There's also one as well. I'm just going to find it because I need to order it. it, I've had it mentioned quite a lot recently. And I haven't properly looked into it. I need to find out if this is the right one, guys. But there's a book called The Happy Body. It might be this one. Oh, hopefully you guys can still hear me. There you go. There's no affiliate link on that, so I'm not making money, but I'm gonna buy this because I've heard a lot about it called the happy body. It's a it's a new way of looking at physical health, you know, nutrition, how that impacts our mental health. And it basically says, you know, all diets, the way we've almost been conditioned when it comes to nutrition and exercise, is almost contrived to sell diets to, you know, make money for the food industry, etc. And this book kind of really brings it back to the basics, I believe, and talks about kind of posture, um, you know, nutrition. And I've heard some people that are very, very skeptical about these kind of books talk very highly of it. So I'm going to buy it as well. Um, Any books, guys? Caroline says, Ollie Ollerton, Battle Ready, Behind the Mask. That sounds cool. I have to look into that. Tyson Fury, Gypsy Boy. Mikey Walsh. Tyson Fury, I love Tyson Fury. Any other books, guys? I'm going to look into the Olly Ollerton one now quickly, Caroline, while you say it. Uh, the other guy from SAS. Do you watch SAS, um, Caroline? Lots of practical exercises really help you to think and focus. Yeah, I think uh, what I like about... Yeah. What and what I like about those three guys, you know, at Middleton, is it Mark Fox and this Oli Ollerton, is especially from a male perspective. Is, is we look at these three guys and we're like, these guys are strong, right? These guys are tough. These guys are maybe what we we look up to being able to achieve. That you know, if you're defining masculinity, you'd look at those guys and they'd be pretty much it, right? Because they have obviously you know in SAS and all of that and the way they deal with people, etc. Very very alpha. But now what I love about those three is they're very, very open about mental health now, right? And they're talking about the importance of, of, of knowing it's okay to be vulnerable. The, the knowing that you know emotion and tears and crying and struggling with your mental health and talking about it is a part of masculinity too. It's a part of us being men. It's a part of us being human. And, and that's what I love about them three in particular because they're showing a different light to masculinity and almost to that definition of an alpha male, if that makes sense. So yeah, I'm going to buy his book as well, the Ollie one. But again, you know, there's so many ways of us learning, and and we ha- I talk about it so much, you know, education. I think I've learned more in the last eight years than I learned throughout my whole school life, right? And and that isn't, you know, me saying that I wasn't academic or that you know my school was bad, my teachers were bad. But I'm learning stuff that I want to learn, that I'm passionate to learn. And when when it comes to mental health, when it comes to us being able to deal with our own mental health, or support others or whatever it is you know we have to understand that education is a big part of that the way that i dealt with my dad's demise my dad's depression you know leading up to my dad's suicide was only with the education that i had up to that point right so i my mum my family everyone my brother we were literally my dad we were all doing our best with the education that we had but that education was pretty minimal because we didn't understand it we never thought that mental illness would impact us. We never had that, that education and we can scammer around and try and get educated on it quickly, but there was still a big part of us that they're saying this will never happen. You know, that will snap out of it because that was our education leading up to that, that experience. Whereas now I look at it and I realize the education that I now have gives me a different skill set to be able to look at it in a different way. And if that ever became a case again, I believe now with the education that I've got, I would deal with it a lot differently. And all we can ever do is deal with situations with the education that we have, the set of skills that we have, which is why I believe education is so important to, to try and improve and to try and grow as much as we possibly can. Cool, guys, so I'm um, just kind of ending on that. You know, like maybe spend this week, at some point in this week, doing something for you. It's, again, that real kind of, we have to consciously do it, right? Because it isn't natural for any of us to self-care, to look after ourselves. So we have to force it on ourselves. So this week, try and force it on your on yourself to to do something for you, to take that time out, to relax, to de-stress, to, to do whatever you need to do, to maybe buy a book and spend some time reading that book this week, whatever it is, because we need to almost, as we say, consciously make that effort to, to look after ourselves, especially during this time as well. Cool, you're so amazing, guys, really appreciate it. Um, you've made me feel better today, which is great. Um, Keep up the amazing work and hopefully I'll see you all next Tuesday at 1 PM. I'm going to try and get a guest on next week to share their expertise as well. But like I say, I really appreciate you joining and enjoy the rest of your week. See you soon guys. Bye.